Welcome to the CoLab, the only podcast for business owners who are committed to growth through the power of collaboration and teamwork. Get ready to put your heads together to boost your business to the next level with your hosts, the ultimate team players, Megan Marsh and Andre Munar. Hi, collaborators. Welcome back to the CoLab podcast. Uh, Today is going to be a fantastic episode. And before we get started and into our interview, I want to lay the foundation for the episode because it's around a topic that is considered taboo. And uh, it's in gender and diversity in the workplace. And I always say that people would rather talk about their parents' sex lives than around this topic of gender, diversity, closing the gender gap. So we're going to talk about it today. And we have a very powerful woman who holds a position that is very rare in the industry that my business is in, which is the financial industry that I'm going to be introducing to you. So please, please, for any of you listening, please don't leave yet. If you have heard other podcasts or you've read things or heard things and you're just rolling your eyes, just hang with me here for second. And I'd love to hear your feedback on this, your experiences, because I did not believe, I didn't understand, I didn't think that there was an issue with gender, with diversity in the workplace. I mean, I truly believed for most of my life that if you work hard and you do the things, you prove yourself, you grind, you show, you know, you do all the things that you need to do, you do the best job, you do better than other people, then you get opportunities. You get rewarded based off of how you perform and how you present yourself. And that simply isn't true. And it took until I was 38 years old and in a situation at work to realize that it wasn't true. And I still remember when I found myself in the situation because I was doing exactly what I had been brought on to do. And when the situation started coming up, I would look at people, you know, other men who worked with me and I'd look at them and say, is this really happening? Like, and we both would kind of say, no, this isn't happening. You know, you're not being treated like this because I was the only woman in a group of 12 people. Um, it was all men and myself. And it literally opened my eyes to things that I, it's like a whole new world. I feel like it makes you view things differently. And so if any of you out there, when you hear people speaking about it, whatever the case is, you're just like, you know, this is blown out of proportion. This is not, you know, it doesn't happen like that. When you work hard, you get rewarded. I'm just asking you because it's the only way that this is going to get better, that it's going to go away, and it directly impacts your financial, like how you do as a business, how your teams perform. And so, and that's why they all talk about this unconscious bias because most of us don't realize what happens while it's happening. And so for in order for gender and diversity to change, to make that progress, whoever you are listening, you know, we need you. We need you, all the men out there. I would not have weathered the storm of what I went through personally without the men 
in my life. I would not have gotten through it if it wasn't for my husband, who is such a huge supporter of empowering women, my business partner, who's a man, you know, my mentor, who's a man, you know, all these people that got me through, you know, I was almost angry at first because they were all men. And, you know, the situation I went through being the only woman it was so hard for me to understand what was going on. I grew up in this athletic atmosphere where I was always one of the guys. I played kickball in elementary school with all, you know, all the dudes that were my friends. You know, my husband played football in college. Like, I just literally couldn't fathom because it was the first time in my life that I wasn't respected for my abilities and my tenacity and all the things that I knew made me capable of doing an excellent job that it was hard for me. And so I need that feedback. We all need this feedback and we all need to take a second look at things for women, for all of you women who are listening. I think it really starts coming down to accountability. Uh, It comes down to accountability with our mindset, like really understanding the things that separate us as, you know, a gender or as a race or, you know, all the different things that make us you know, minorities out there. You know, if if you're from a, a group who, you know, hasn't had those opportunities, I think starting to learn the mindsets, the decision-making, the actions. If you would ask me two or three years ago if I'd ever be doing a podcast on this topic, I would have been like, absolutely not. And and for me, it's taking this step into having this conversation because I want to hear what other people's opinions are, even if it's not the opinion that I have about this. And the person that we'll be interviewing is such a great example of someone who just kept moving forward and saying yes. And I'm going to share just a couple statistics uh, and then introduce her. Uh, but, you know, our main business is in the financial service industry. And the financial service industry is one of the worst industries for gender and diversity. Um, on At the executive level, if you look at all industries out there, manufacturing, healthcare, um, financial service, all industries have a, an average of about 20% of, and we're just going to mainly focus right now on gender for this part, um, although there are issues in all different areas, but all industries, women hold about a 20% spot in executive levels. The financial service industry that we are in, our main business, it's called Keystone Alliance Mortgage. Our financial service industry is only 14%. So it's below the average. And women are underrepresented and the the representation declines as career levels rise. And there's a reason that all these studies that started coming out in the last 20 years, you know, it's because of hiring. It's because of promotion policies, retention. It's all insufficient. And it's it's moving in the wrong direction. The reports that came out this year about 2019 showed that the financial industry dropped from that 14% down to around 13%. So it's getting worse. And they say that it is going to take more than 100 years to close this gap unless you and I start listening and figuring out in just small ways how we can make a change, how we can make sure that the things we're doing in our small businesses, medium-sized businesses, even if you're a solopreneur, when you start finding the people for your teams who you work with, the only way it's going to get better is if we start understanding and making a conscious effort 
to give everyone a fair chance and opportunity and to look at everyone and judge them and compare them on the same level. Because the number that I gave you about, you know, 14% is the executive level. Well, on the support staff level, women make up 67%. And so then you go up to the professional level, women make up about 46%. And this is all in the financial service field. Um, Managers, then women are now 37%. Senior managers, 26%. And then the executive level, we're at that 14%. And, you know, it's when I did the research for this, women are 30% more likely to leave mid-career in financial service than any other industry. And I don't want to hear, because when I ask people why, why, I mean, I'm asking you, why do you think women leave mid-career? You know, the natural reaction is, oh, because they want to start a family, right? They want to start a family. That's their priority. And it's wrong. It's not true. Because if that was the case, then I want to understand. I truly want to understand then why women are outpacing men in getting their bachelor's degrees, in opening businesses. I mean, the growth rate of businesses in our country is 9%. Meaning, of all, if you look at all businesses out there, they are being opened at a rate and it's increased to about 9%. Women-owned businesses have, it's increased, and they're opening businesses at a rate 21% higher than the average of all businesses. And women of color, they're opening businesses at a rate that's 43% more than of all businesses. So if women wanted to prioritize being home with their families, why would they be spending money, taking out student loans to have degrees? Why would they be putting their life, their livelihood on the line and opening up businesses? I mean, it just doesn't make sense to me. And so, you know, this topic in the interview and, you know, we probably here in the future will have a couple other episodes, but we need feedback on this because we have to do better. All of us have to do better. We all need to start having conversations about this and we all need to start doing those little things from, you know, our company, for example, just had three employees who had children this past year. How do we make it fair for the people that are coming in, the men and the women? How do we make sure everyone's on that same that same field? How do we make sure our pay is similar? How do we make sure all these things? And so, you know, before getting into this further, because I could probably talk about it for an hour straight and, and not do an interview, I think it's so important because uh, our interview today, I think will just blow you away. It's, she is impressive. I mean, what she's done, I, 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 it's hard to even understand, but I think listening to her mindset and listening to what she's doing each day to make a difference and to change some things, if we could all just even just pick a little piece of it and take it into our lives and our decisions and, and make ourselves a little bit more aware of the things that are going on instead of just dismissing it or not talking about it at all, I, I think we would start seeing forward motion. It shouldn't take 100 years for us to start reaching, the, like reducing the gap and, and seeing parity happen. So without further ado, Uh, I wanted to introduce all of you to Laura Brandio. Laura is the president and the 
only woman partner at AFR. Um, Laura was armed with a decade of experience, determination, and belief in herself. And she, when she started AFR Wholesale in 2007, and she had her high heel in the door and never turned back. And for those of you who don't know um, what AFR Wholesale is, it is a lender. They lend money when people are purchasing homes. Uh, and that means AFR Wholesale is, the wholesale market is when banks do loans through brokers. And so she is the president of AFR. And Laura is one of the 2019 New Jersey Top Women in Business Award winner. She's been recognized in Housing Wire in both 2019 and 18. Um, for Women of Influence in 2018 and 19 as well. She was the National Mortgage Professional's Most Powerful Women uh, and a 2019 Women with Vision Award winner. Uh, she's the executive sponsor for AIMS Women's Affinity Group and an inaugural member of the Women Empowering Women organization. It's a mouthful. In April 2018, Laura underwent a transformation when she started to write a book. And as she de detailed out her story, she realized that most of her success, both personally and professionally, was due to a say yes every day mindset. So she started to test the theory as each day began, she would open her mind and say yes. Since that day, Laura has become the president of AFR. She has started her own podcast, and she moderated 14 panels, been an expert panelist nine times, and has been a podcast guest 19 times. And she was a keynote speaker at the, at the Bellagio in Vegas, speaking to an audience of almost 2,000 attendees, all of this in less than 12 months, just by changing her mindset. The biggest thing that Laura has learned is that if you go into every situation with no preconceived notions or expectations, you can do anything. Laura feels that as humans, we cause our own fears or letdowns because things don't turn out the way we expect them to. But by realizing that you are doing it to experience something new, that there's no possible letdown because as long as we did something for the first time that we've won, and that is so powerful. And I just wanted to share this before bringing her on here because I think if we all listening could just really try to open up our minds like Laura has done, I think we'll be surprised how we can make change in our offices, communities, and businesses just by listening to the things that we discuss in this podcast. So let's bring Dre and Laura in here and talk about gender and diversity. Morning, Laura. How you doing? Good morning. I'm doing wonderful. How are you? We are doing great. Thank you so much for having us. We're absolutely excited to have you, especially on this topic. We know that you're definitely one of the top women in our field, and we are excited to learn more about you and what you're doing. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much for having me. And before jumping on, you know, I, we'd love to hear a little bit about you and, you know, before getting into the topic, there's, I mean, gosh, you, there's so many things that you've done. There's so many things you're doing that are, I think anyone in business, women especially, would love to hear. Um, could you share with us some of like the exciting things that you're doing right now between a book, a podcast? Like, what are some of the things that you're doing that you are really excited about? Listen, Megan, 
it should almost be, what am I not doing, right? It should almost, it must, should almost be worded the other way. No, so, no. I, I mean, yes. And I mean, I guess we're on a podcast. You have a podcast, right? <laughs> yes, I do. So I think what I have to start with is about 18 months ago, I was challenged by someone to get up and speak at a conference, okay? And when I was given that opportunity, I had never gotten up in front of a group of people. And when I was first posed with that, I was like, sure, I'll do it. (laughs) And as time went on, I started thinking to myself, there is no way I'm actually going to get up and do this. So I'll just get one of my people. I'll just get one of my team members to get up there. Not a problem. (laughs) Well, that person that asked me to do it, he told me no. Oh, I like that. Now, <laughs> I, I like that. To, I have to explain this, though, because one of the, I'll put this as a negative. I'll use the word negative. One of the negatives that you face as you become a leader in any type of industry is that people don't really say no to you. You actually are usually people just say, sure, okay, Laura. I'm happy to do that. Or yeah, I'll do that for you. Or of course, my team will do whatever I ask them to do. So at 18 months ago, someone said no to me. And I sat back and I said, huh, that's different. I actually don't normally hear someone say no to me. And so I said, okay, it's time for me to get over this challenge And I'm going to get up on that stage. But what I needed to do is I needed to feel comfortable. So right before I got up on that stage, I went around and I introduced myself to lots and lots of people at the conference. People I I didn't know. Yes. And I said to them, hey, I'm Laura Brandeo from AFR and I'm going to be going up on the stage at two o'clock and I need a favor. And those people said to me, you need our help? I said, yes, I need your help. They said, well, how can we help you? I said, well, I need you to sit in the front row because I'm going to get up on that stage and I'm going to present to you. I'm going to look at you and right in your eyes and I'm going to connect with you. And when I got up there, there was zero fear. Mm. There was actually excitement because of the fact that I was, I was kind of um, going up there with the intention of educating them, providing them value, and performing in a way for them. Right. Okay? All right. So once I did that, all of a sudden, all these other opportunities came. More people started asking me to get up and speak. More people were calling me to do different things that I had never done before, even though I've been in the industry for many, many years. So... I started thinking to myself, I know what this is all about. I am going to start saying yes. So that no equated into me saying yes. And it started out as a year of yes. I love it. I would, I yes, it was so great that every day I would look for opportunities to say yes to something that I normally wouldn't have said yes to, or I I didn't really, I would just let it pass and not really act on it. So the podcast, 
I was on the Mortgage X podcast last, I think, April it was, or March or April, and somebody heard me on the podcast. This woman reaches out to me on LinkedIn, and she's like, Laura, I loved you on the podcast. Your energy was great. I would love to meet you because I know you have a second home in Arizona. Now I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, I don't know this woman. <laughs> I have no idea what she wants, right? but I'm going to say yes. I like it. And so I sat, I met this woman in a public restaurant. <laughs> I'm not crazy. <laughs> so I, I met her at a public restaurant and I had a conversation with her. And after an hour of her telling me her story and everything else, I finally said to her, listen, what do you want to do in your life at this moment in time? She said, I want to start a podcast. Okay. I said, so why don't you? She says, I don't know. I don't know how to start it. I said, how about we do it together? So in July, me and her started a podcast together. Two strangers. That's amazing. Wow. No idea. And so since that time, we have been doing this. And let me tell you how I get my guests. I'll give you an example of my latest person that I got as a guest. Friday night, I'm listening to NPR radio. And there's an interview going on with a woman that's a neuroscientist and an opera singer. Okay? Weird combination, right? Yeah, that is very (laughs) interesting. All right. She wrote a book about how music changes our lives. It creates a memory. It makes us learn better. It puts moments in time that we can always recall. How it controls our emotions and how important music is. So what did I do? I LinkedIn messaged her, stranger, and I said, hey, how would you like to come on my podcast? I love it. That woman is now going to be a guest. And again, I literally just say, please say yes. Yeah, and it sounds like... a lot of times, you get yes. Yeah, and it sounds like the... I mean, and I'm not sure, but the speaking and you starting, it's kind of giving you this excitement or this, this bravery to just try anything. You're correct. And that's awesome because I think a lot of people, um, you know, in, in women, especially, you know, that fear of hearing the no's is what can hold a lot of people back. You're correct. And, and so then I guess I'd like to ask because, you know, people listening might not realize that you also have written a book. So did that come before or after the podcast? So that, again, was another thing. That was a goal. And it's actually not a, well, I am part of a book that's published at the moment, but I'm also in the process of writing my own book. And the way that that book is coming about is by doing a daily blog. So in July, when I started that podcast, I started blogging every single day what I say yes to. So every single day, At eight o'clock, usually at night, I write my thoughts and I share with the world what I said yes to. And when I get to a full year, that will be published for everyone to see the amazing ripple that can happen when you say yes. I love it. Laura, we 
are over here just beaming over that. We love, you know, stepping out of our comfort zone, pushing people out of their own comfort zones. Because as you've heard it so many times, everything that you want is on the other side of that comfort zone. Uh, you us, got it. Give us some examples of some things that you've said yes to lately. Okay, let me think. So remember I said I'm a contributor for a book. Okay, let me explain how that happened. It's June, okay, this past June. And of course, we're all on social media. And I get a, you know, a please join this group, you know, Facebook group. So again, I'm thinking, well, you never know, might need somebody interesting. I joined the Facebook group. And during the Facebook group the introduction, they ask everybody to kind of say who they are and what are they working on. Well, a woman posts in that group, I am working on doing my very first women's um, conference where I am going to show women how to execute and take action to make things better in their life and to accomplish any goal that they want to. So I message her and I said, hi. I want to introduce myself and just let you know if you need anything, you let me know and reach out. So the woman messages me back. Oh, my God, that's amazing. I can't believe, you know, let's get jump on a call. We jump on a call. Here's the key component to this. This woman is not in the mortgage business. This woman has no idea who Laura Brandeo is, whether I'm you know, somebody that's starting out that hasn't accomplished anything or someone that has accomplished something or somewhere in the middle, she doesn't know who anybody is, okay? I'm just a stranger saying, offering my hand. Well, that woman has since been on my podcast. That woman has introduced me to a organization that is a humongous organization that is going to um, do some really big things. And a month ago, she asked me to be a contributor in her book that just got published last week. And now I am a contributor in a book that's on Amazon. Now, if I didn't say yes to just posting in a Facebook page, hey, let me know if you need any help, I would have never connected with her. Right, and, it, and it's kind of like, it's saying yes to yourself first, like allowing yourself to try something that you don't know how it's gonna pan out. It sounds well, like. here's the trick. Here's the trick, Megan. The whole trick to it is everything you say yes to, you have to go in with no expectations. Your win is just saying that you said yes. Now, when you go in with no expectation, there's no room for failure because you won already. You said yes. You're right. We love that perspective, which kind of brings us into, you know, today's topic in regards to women and diversity and inclusion, um, which we think is something that's really big these days. Um, so let's start stepping into that topic a little bit. Sure. And, and you know, it's one of those topics that I think it, it has become bigger. You know, you see women on front of magazines. You are seeing more women taking, you know, that seat at the table. And especially that's why we wanted to have you on the show because, you know, you're one of the women who have a position at a financial institution in one of the absolute top levels of the company, which is not, you don't see that. You don't see that frequently. And that's one of the big things with 
diversity and inclusion is, you know, people that aren't where you are or are just starting out, you know, you can't, they say you can't be what you can't see. So it's so, it's great to have someone like you in a position like that because it gives other women, other minorities, the ability to see someone and aim for something, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I yeah. guess, yeah. and it I guess is, our yeah. question, Go I was going to say the question that I, you know, I'd like to ask your opinion on and for anybody listening, you know, we had looked up some numbers that we won't like bore the listeners with on numbers, but you know, women are, you know, they're getting degrees. They're, right now it's saying that women are earning, you know, a higher percentage of undergraduate degrees, master's degrees. They're more, they're more educated in the workforce. Like they're trying to get that seat at the table. And so it looks like they're trying to get that. Yes, like they want to get these positions. Uh, minorities want to get these positions. You know, in your opinion, why do you think that the numbers aren't quite there yet? And even some of the statistics are saying it's, it's stagnant. Like they're just not getting there. Yeah. And a great question. Great question. And and it's interesting. You know, I belong to a, a wide variety of different women's organizations, you know, and I was recently um, made an inaugural member of one group called Women Empowering Women. That group was very interesting because they actually selected 50 top women executives in the mortgage business to come together for a private retreat where we literally, it was like a closed room with no cameras and open, honest conversations trying to answer the question you just said, okay? Why is this? The women are qualified. The women have the degrees. The women are working their tails off, you know? All of these boxes are being checked, but yet you're not seeing the movement to have a seat at the table, so to speak, And I will tell you, it was very interesting to hear different people's perspective. And to go back to another thing that you just said, you just said people can't be what they don't see. It's, I'm going to start the answer to this question with, again, everybody has their own um, thoughts in their head, their own perspective, right? I was at a conference a few months ago and someone asked me this question. And my response was, I think maybe no one gave me the memo that I'm a woman <laughs> because, <laughs> because when I started in this business and throughout my entire career, in my mind, no one was going to stop me. It didn't matter if I was blue, green, male, female, dog, cat, whatever. I was going to get where I needed to be. You're so strong. You're I strong think, and you're determined. And and did yeah. you did you hit any did you hit any barriers where someone tried to not allow you to keep advancing at any point? See, there's there's listen, you could always come up with excuses why you don't hit something, right? So I could sit here and I can make something up, but I still think it goes back to you. Okay, so bottom line, listen, were there situations where I was the only woman? There's, my goodness, many, 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 many situations. Okay, right now at my company, I'm the only woman partner. One woman. Yeah. Everybody else are men. Okay. Every day when I have an executive meeting, I'm by myself as a woman. 
Years ago, that would bother me. Now I wear it with a badge of honor because now I'm representing and I'm, I'm taking the responsibility of being that woman that the, the generation behind me or the current generation is, is looking and watching because they are. And I think a couple of things. I think one, you know, people always ask me, do you think the men, um, you know, deliberately don't want the women there or they're trying to hold them back? I'm going to tell you something. They don't even realize it's happening. Correct. It's not even that, it's not deliberate. It's not that they're like, oh, we don't want them at the table. They literally are so consumed in their own, whatever they're working on, they're not even paying attention to it. So I think one, I think bringing it to their attention and making sure that your company is all inclusive, you know, to be aware of it. Make sure that it's taking note to give opportunities to everyone, you know, every single person. And so I think one thing is they're not deliberately. It's it. We need to, as leaders in companies and as managers and, and everyone, even if you're just starting in a company, ask the questions. What type of training program, coaching program, mentoring program do you have at your organization? Because I want to be part of it. I want to grow. I want to be able to know what other opportunities are out there. Those are the types of things that I would recommend. No one can hold you back from what you ultimately are working to achieve. So I think over the last few years, women have gotten a voice, even myself, okay? Even though I was moving up the ranks and everything, I wasn't out there. It wasn't the right timing. You would go to conferences and it was all men panels, all men speaking on the stage, all men everywhere. And the women were kind of behind the scenes. This is a phenomenal opportunity in all of the industries right now for women to use their voices. Don't stand back. Take, take advantage of this timing because it really is a great time. It, it is. And, and one of the things that I was going to say that I've noticed is as women that we we also need to really advocate because, you know, locally yeah. in, you know, I'm here in Erie, Pennsylvania. Um, I'm on the board at our local investors apartment association. And we lost one of the women and I was the only woman on the board. And when we were going around and we had to say someone who we thought would be good to fill the two positions, you know, and all the men had brought up men's names and I ended up saying when it came to me, I'm like, guys, I love being around all of you. I'm like, but we really need to try to bring another woman on the board here. Like, and it was a little uncomfortable saying it, but I was like, you know what? Like, I need to say it because we really do need another woman on the board of there's, there's 10 or 11 of us. And, and so advocating for other women, because I think sometimes as women, we don't advocate and we even naturally have seen men as as leaders, they say. So it, it's natural to think, okay, this would be a good speaker or this would be a good person for the board or, you know, whatever that thing is. But have you found that? Have you had to, have you started advocating for women or seeing where there's opportunities and trying to fill there? Very much so. And, and it's interesting because, like I said, as I was coming up through the ranks, I was so laser focused 
on kind of building a company, you know, working, working on growing a team, you know, all that infrastructure is years of like laser focused dedication. You know, that doesn't just happen by accident. So for many years, I was just so focused on that. I wasn't really paying attention to everything going on around in the world. You know what I mean? It was just laser focused. And now in the last couple of years, as I've been out in the marketplace, you know, and I've been speaking and seeing many more people and being more in the front, I am recognizing what a need there is to be out there advocating for, for everyone, for all cultural diversity. It is so vital for if you have that ability to have a voice, just like you did, right? You had the ability to speak up. You had the ability to have a voice and you utilized it to be able to bring up and build up others to make it more diverse. We right. all need to have that if we have the ability to. And, and I guess when, and I'm sorry, Andre, I'm like, here, I'm, the women here are taking over. But I, yeah, the women are taking over. Laura, what, <laughs> I'm really loving what you're saying because what I'm, what I'm hearing from you is, is a mind shift. You know, instead of you saying, oh, poor me, I'm a woman, oh, poor me, it's, it's not that. It's, it's more of, okay, it doesn't matter whether I'm black, white, orange, green, I, tall, short. I'm, there's an eye on the prize and I'm going to go for it and there's nothing that's going to stop me. Um, that's so right. I'm really getting a lot of empowerment from you right now because me, as a gay male, as a DACA recipient, um, you know, that's kind of the way that I've had to be, you know, is people are going to like me. They're not going to like me. I've got my eye on the prize and I've surrounded myself with the right people and those people have lifted me up. And like you said, I've done, put one foot in front of the other and what's happened is opportunity has opened up and opportunity has opened up. And even when Megan and I joined forces, to me, it was not, oh, a woman's going to be my business partner. It was never, ever about that to me. It was this, it was just this other human being who absolutely kills it and crushes it. And we have the same values and goals and dreams. Um, that's what it came, that's what it was about to me. So I just love the fact that, you know, you're more about the mind shift, the mindset shift versus the, the, the diversity part of it, focusing on, well, I'm a woman, so, you know, can I do this? It's more of, okay, nope. I, I've got my eye on a prize and I'm going to figure out how to get there and I'm going to ask the right questions as far as what resources can you give me? How are you going to help right. me? What do you have for me? Um, you know, how can I get to the top? Well, what do I need to do? What do you need from me to make me so valuable that I'm going to be able to reach whatever goal it is? You know, the goal doesn't have to be to be at the top of the company. You know, the, the goal could be um, getting into a different department. The goal could be, you know, if there's many, it could be learning something. It could be acquiring another certification. I mean, it could be whatever works for what you're trying to achieve. And Andre, I'm going to tell you something. You, you just said, I, you described yourself as, you know, you. Don't you understand that that's the beauty of all of us? Forget male female, you know, green, black, white, whatever. The whole beauty of us is that you are the best you there ever will be in this world. So all you need to do is to be the best you, not the best man, not the best woman, not the best whatever, just the best you. Yeah, I, I just absolutely love that. 
you know, and uh, same thing. And that's why Andre and I, like he said, came together. And it, and it sounds like you had those same values. And then what I what I have seen in the question I was going to ask before is, if you if there because we have heard there are some minorities and there are some women who are you know doing everything they can. They're asking the questions, and if they're not getting the support where they are, I mean, I think. The, what that do, might not be the right place. Right, exactly. That might not be the right place for them. Yep. We definitely figured that out once or twice before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, we can't say that it's always going to work out. What I think every person, person, human being, should be empowered with is to not, number one, don't expect anybody to do anything for you. Yes. That's not what Love anybody yeah. in this world, no one in this world is here to make your dreams come true. The only person that's going to do that is you. So don't expect anyone else to make it easy, show you the way, train you on what you want. You have to decide what you want. And then you need to come up with a plan. Like I said, ask the questions, ask what you need to do to, to do that. And you don't know, get, look for a mentor. And if you don't find those things where you are, go somewhere where you can find them. Yep. No, you're right. Um, and and so for anybody listening, where are places that they could look for mentors? If it's women, minorities, uh, let's say they they live in a small town like you know Erie, where I live, for example. Like, and there's definitely some some groups that you can join in any town. In any town, if someone's trying to you know, make bigger waves. You were saying there's groups online. I mean, could you kind of share some ideas for anyone listening on how to get involved on a bigger scale with trying to get involved? Well, well, I think, I think that's going to depend right on what you're trying to accomplish. You know, like I give an example of the Facebook group, right? That was just accidental that I opened my mind to say, okay, I don't know who's going to be in here. I don't know if anything would ever come about, but you know what? I'll take a look. I'll peruse what the postings are. I don't necessarily have to engage unless it's something that triggers me to engage. So be open. Pay attention to if there's networking events or there's, and and I want to even share that. Another reason why men have had an advantage in the business world is men are much better at networking than women. Okay. Biologically, biologically, women have an issue where we compare ourselves biologically. This is just fact, okay? We are made up this way in our genetics that we compare ourselves to other women. So we find trouble sometimes networking at different places because we're we're in our own head. We're already saying, oh my God, I can't go up to that person because that person, um, you know, when they look great, or I don't want to go up to that person because that person is in a higher position or we're, we're in our head coming up with whatever it is. The guys, they just go up and start having a conversation about, you know, whatever, and they're slapping each other on the back and they're best friends. And they're now speaking about an opportunity for a new job somewhere where they can get promoted. They can make more money. They can get a new position. The women aren't doing that. And so I will challenge any woman or any minority that maybe you feel uncomfortable because when you walk into that networking event, you look different for whatever reason, whatever the reason you look different. I'm going to tell you what you need to do. 
You need to walk into that room and you need to look for the people that are on their phones. Because you know why they're on the phone? Because they don't know how to network. Mm-hmm. And you're going to walk up to those people and you're going to start a conversation. Such a I'm great tip, Laura. Tell, I, I'm going to tell you, I do this every time I'm at an event. By the end of the event, I gather all the people that were on their phones because I keep adding. I literally tell them, you're going to go get that person in the corner on their phone and bring them over here. By the end of most events, I have more people in my group than all the better networkers. That's awesome. That's awesome. How, that is, that's great. I, I, lo- I love that tip. Uh, one of the things that, I, so uh, I have currently, um, and it's been a challenge that I've really worked at overcoming by by just having to negotiate with my husband. Um, so I have a one-year-old, a three-year-old, a nine-year-old, and an 11-year-old. Oh, boy. Yeah. And I also have really big goals and dreams that I've been going after and chasing. And I want to be, you know, in all the networking events. I want to be traveling every month with Andre and I want to be doing all those things. I can't do them all, right? So I have to pick and choose and I have to, but I've noticed that there's, gosh, probably women are only 15 to 20% of of the people who go to events. Uh, And when I did recruiting, the women would say things like, you know, gosh, I'm going to have a child or can I do this job with a child? What are some of your tips um, for women who have that that family heavy load when they're you know right at the peak of their careers how can they how can they keep getting involved more even from home I think well I think number one you mentioned your husband negotiating with your husband so the first thing I would say is you do have to have a, a somewhat of a support system Whatever that support system is, whether it's a husband, whether it's the nanny, whether it's your parents, whether it's your friends, whatever that support system is, it's going to, at times, you're a perfect example with the ages of your children. That's certainly a handful, you know, to do that. So one thing is the support system. And I'm one of those people that, although my kids are grown now, I could have never accomplished the things that I did if I didn't have a wonderful husband. You know, that was there to support me and push me to say, keep going, Laura. I got this. You know, don't worry. I'm here with you. So one thing I would highly recommend is to have some type of support system, whatever that looks like for you. Okay, so that's one. The second thing is you in this situation right now, you can't say yes to everything. That's not going to work for the point you are in in your life. Okay, so that just means you want to you want to pick and choose a little bit. You know, you want to be a little more selective and you do want to get more involved on the online communities, because although you maybe can't jump on an airplane and go to face to face events, maybe you have to keep it local. Right. Right. There's so much online now. I mean, I interviewed a woman on my podcast called, um, her name is, her name is Megan also. Oh, there you go. Megan, yeah, Megan has a group called Team Brave, okay? She started this online group because she moved from one part of the country to Arizona, and she felt very out of sort as a woman in a strange location. This woman now has built this huge online community of other women that are just looking for support. And that's just an example of there's so many 
different things depending on what your needs are. Whether you do want to do something locally, there's, there's online groups. Whether you want to do something specific to your industry, there's online groups. So I would recommend if you do have, you know, you're during that age of your kids are going to soccer and you have little ones and all of that, pick and choose the ones that you need to travel. You, you shouldn't necessarily focus in on that at this stage, but there's so many online groups. Just be selective. Do your due diligence. You don't have, you're never going to fit all of them. Like that's another thing about us. As human beings, we think if we decide to go to XYZ group, we think that's going to be the end-all, be-all. It's not. It might be. Maybe it will be. More than likely, you're going to have to keep trying different things. No, you're right. And then when the right one clicks, you're like, I'm home. (laughs) This is the right one. You're right. The internet has has become quite a powerful tool for us in uh, these days, right? How can you live without it, right? Yeah. And Laura, you know, our company is really trying to make sure that we we do the whole diversity and inclusion thing. Um, so what, even for us, what, what tips or ideas do you have, whether it's in the financial field or any field, um, what can we do as professionals to make sure that we are including women and minorities um, so that they're not getting overlooked in any position or in anything? What, what tips do you have or, or what can you, you know, what Share advice from can AFR you give us? Or... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I know, you know, like a lot of times people think about how do you keep pay the same and how do you keep, you know, how do you make sure that there isn't any disparage, disparaging yes. amounts, you know, and things yes. like that. And I'll give you one way that we do that particular um, answer. When we interview someone, we never ask them what they're making. The reason why you don't do that is that's one of the reasons why a lot of times women get paid less is because if you are making less somewhere else and you go somewhere to work and you someone says, what were you making? And they give you a lower number. Well, most people are going to be like, heck, that's 10000 less than what the job pays, but she only wants that. She'll be happy with that. So one thing like we think about always is we want to make sure the person comes in at whatever that job title is. It's not about what they were making previously. No, okay? you're we don't even so ask, We right. don't even ask them that. Yeah. So that's one thing. As far as we monitor every quarter, we take every employee within our company and we analyze them just to make sure, okay, here's the grouping for this section. You know, here's the operations people. Here's the admin people. Here's the accounting people. And we literally analyze it just to make sure that people stay within line. Because it, it, you shouldn't even look at the name. The name doesn't matter, right? It's, you know, operations staff member, because it's, none of that makes a difference. It should be based upon the role that they're fulfilling at the company. And then in terms of hiring and, and just diversity with that, I think it's just to be open. And most importantly, sometimes people are afraid to speak up as to what they want. Okay. Agreed. People are shy. People are afraid to ask for more money or people are afraid to ask to move into another position or have an opportunity. Don't sit there upset. Hey, that guy, you know, just got promoted or just got an opportunity and I didn't. It must be because of X, whatever X is. Okay. I think as leaders, managers, whatever, 
we need to make sure that we're empowering to speak to all of our team members to find out where where they want to go. What are they interested in? We sometimes, it's not even intentional again. It's not intentional. They're not necessarily deliberately leaving out that person. It's just, hey, this guy is always in my office. I have conversations with Bill every day. So I know what Bill wants. <laughs> but Susie, Susie I barely ever hear from. Susie's doing a good job. Susie's happy. Or maybe Susie isn't happy. She's brooding. Susie's just shy. No, you're right. Speaking up is is huge. And we, we've experienced that as leaders in our company and that, you know, we don't know if someone's unhappy until they've been unhappy, let's say, for weeks and in, in, in trying right. to get your teams to keep talking. Um, so, you know, as we wrap up here, the last question that we had is, is about, you know, AFR, the company that you're leading, what's next for AFR and yourself? You know, where do you see yourself going and the things you're going to focus on? Absolutely. Well, thank you. So AFR is a specialty lender. Okay. We focus in on some of the unique stuff on renovation, one-time cruise construction to permanent lending, manufactured housing, um, and a strong government lender. So we're going to continue to build out those particular programs. But next year, I'm actually doing something where I have never really jumped into um, building out the regular loans. Isn't that odd? Most people say, oh, I'm rolling out this new super duper green blue program. Believe it or not, in 2020, I'm going to look to segregate, like kind of separate my loan program so that I can do more of the regular stuff and it doesn't get mixed in with my specialty stuff. So believe it or not, I'm going the opposite way where I'm going to start opening up more of the regular and mixing it in with my specialty. So I'm very excited about that because it's going to create kind of two separate areas and divisions, no, which again, it's neat. you learn in time, right? No, you do learn in it, but it's also probably your specialty stuff is what made you unique and had you stand it out. Is. And, you know, we, we have very similar things as a broker. So, you know, we, we really appreciate you coming on today and, and taking your time to answer all these questions. I mean, we can see just listening to your stories and the things you're doing, it's incredible. And I think it's gonna be great for people to hear how to say yes to more things, to be brave, to start getting that mentality. And, you know, Andre and I hear, you know, you've said something and we're like looking at each other. (laughs) It's awesome. So, you know, thank you. Thank you for coming on today. Hey, collaborators, I just wanted to say I appreciate any and all of you out there who have joined Andre and I on this journey and sharing just the lessons and the people we've met along the way. And it would mean the world to us if you would hit that subscribe button, leave us a review, and more than anything, getting some feedback from any of you that are starting a business. If you have a business and you have questions or needs or a specialty you want to share, You can reach out to us on our website at thecolablife.com and our Instagram handle as well, The Colab Life. You can also find us on Facebook or YouTube at The Colab. And you can email us at hello at thecolablife.com. Thanks again for joining us and stay tuned next week.